This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 25th of January. In your squiz today, Labor walks back some big tax cuts, Trump takes New Hampshire... Far North Queenslanders batten down the hatches and the best cities in the world. This is your Squiz today. You couldn't pick up a newspaper or go to a news website yesterday without seeing speculation that the Albanese government was going to make changes to the Stage 3 tax cuts that are due to kick in from the 1st of July. So, Claire... I'm thrilled that you're going to explain what on earth that means. (laughs) Yeah, stage three tax cuts does sort of uh, get the glaze over your eyes as a starting point. But look, it's not that difficult. Um, A series of tax cuts were legislated by the coalition government in 2018 and 2019. The important thing to note here is that Labor supported those changes. The first and second stages have already been implemented. They were focused on lowering the tax bills of low and middle income earners. And Alice, then we get to stage three. So they would have created a single 30% income tax rate for people earning between $45,000 and $200,000. And that would mean a tax cut worth just over $9,000 a year for a worker earning $200,000 plus. So there has been persistent criticism that high income earners would disproportionately benefit from that reform. Uh, Fast forward to today and the cost of living crisis, Labor has said that it wants to make changes to support middle Australia. And Claire, we should say that Albanese hasn't announced the new plan, but what's consistently being reported in the media is that under Labor's proposed changes, the tax cut Australia's highest income earners would receive is $4,529, which is half of that currently legislated amount. And low and middle income earners will get a bigger tax cut. But it's a plan that's already copying criticism. Yeah, it's got plenty of supporters, of course, from people who didn't like the Stage 3 tax cuts as they currently are. But there are plenty of tax policy wonks who liked what was put in place by the coalition because they say it provides incentives to earn more, which is good for our economic growth. Uh, But probably the loudest criticism is political. Albanese, with this change, is breaking a very big election promise. Mm -hmm. He's been adamant for years that he wouldn't make any changes to those stage three tax cuts. So it's given the coalition a really big stick to whack the government with. Yesterday, just to get a taste of it, uh, Deputy Liberal Leader Susan Lay said that it shows that Albanese lied to win the election and that he can't be trusted. Yeah, get set to hear that on repeat from here until the next federal election. Claire, Albanese will get to have his full say on all of this today at the National Press Club. He'll give that televised address at 12.30pm Canberra time. 
the New Hampshire primary vote has gone Donald Trump's way, and that means that he's now won the first two contests of the Republican Party's presidential nomination race. So in New Hampshire, he's likely to win by more than 10 percentage points. Uh, It's a good result for Nikki Haley, but it does mean that Donald Trump still has more than half of those voting Mm. supporting him. Uh, So there's lots of questions about whether Haley should give up. She says that she's not going to, though. She's vowed to continue with her campaign. She's also challenged Donald Trump to a debate. Uh, Where Haley is focusing her campaign message on is that a Trump nomination for president would give Joe Biden a win. And she said, and this is the quote, the first party to retire its 80-year-old candidate is going to be the party that wins this election. Um, Trump is actually 77 years old, but <laughs> she you kind of get the drift of where she's yes. going. <laughs> and Trump's response to all of that has been general frustration that Haley hasn't dropped out of the race. But he said, I don't get too angry, I get even. Haley has promised to fight on through to Super Tuesday on the 5th of March, which is when 16 states vote in one day. If you're in far north Queensland or you're in touch with someone up there, you won't need us to tell you that it's been a hectic couple of days as preparations are made for tropical cyclone Kiralee to make landfall. Queensland's Premier Stephen Miles yesterday said that it's expected to cross the coast later tonight. That will happen somewhere between Cardwell and Bowen. He says that it's going to bring very high levels of rainfall. Townsville's airport is closed from midday today. Lots of preparations are happening up there because they're worried that around 12,000 homes around that Townsville area could be damaged. Mm. Um, Of course, we know that Queensland and that part of Queensland has already had lots and lots of rain. Uh, They're worried about more rain and the impact that that could have. So there are hundreds of extra emergency and also energy workers up there to try and help with the fallout. And dozens of extra rescue watercraft, helicopters and large power generators have also been sent up there. And it looks like they'll need them. Kiralee isn't a fast-moving cyclone, so meteorologists say the region could be in for a long and widespread event. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Superannuation can sometimes feel like just another overwhelming life admin chore. But as a member of Aware Super, you'll have access to lots of free online tools to help you, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you might need for retirement and comes with an easy to understand plan of how to get there. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Aside from the tax cut conversation yesterday, Claire, the other big political announcement was that the Albanese government has named the new ABC chairperson. Kim Williams has been chosen for the five-year role. He's going to take over from Ida Buttrose, who, of course, is the very highly regarded industry doyen. She's finishing up her tenure in early March. What Prime Minister Albanese said yesterday is that Williams is absolutely the right bloke for the job. Uh, He said that he gets the ABC and understands what it should be. That's because Williams has extensive media experience. Mm. He used to be the boss of News Corp. He was also the boss of Foxtel. He's done plenty of work in the industry, including with the ABC as well. As for Williams, he says that he understands that the role is a solemn responsibility. And Claire, it's worth mentioning that the ABC hasn't had the easiest time of late. This week, a group of employees passed a vote of no confidence in the managing director, David Anderson, over his 
his handling of the broadcaster's coverage of the Israel-Hamas war. Williams has already spoken up on that. He says the broadcaster should listen to feedback, and particularly when it's from senior and well-respected staff. Claire, I've only spent about a week in New York City, but the way to my heart is food. And I had the best handmade noodles of my life at the Chelsea Markets. Mm. So it is absolutely no surprise to me that the city has been named the best in the world by Time Out magazine. It reckons the Big Apple is the place to be in 2024. Yeah, how good are the Chelsea Markets? I've had a few good, I must admit, cheeseburgers, I think, in New York. That's probably what I think (laughs) about. But, yeah, Time Out surveyed 20,000 people around the world to decide the world's best cities list. New York, number one, coming ahead of Cape Town, Berlin, London and Madrid. What the magazine says it looks out for is the food scene, so you bang on the money there. (laughs) Um, Also things like local architecture and the buzz around really big events. So as for why New York was number one, It says that it's always adapting, always innovating and always pushing the boundaries. And as for the Australian cities named, Melbourne got a look in at number 20 for its bevy of insanely cool late night listening lounges. And Sydney was in at number 31 because it's undeniably gorgeous. Isn't that nice, Claire? (laughs) Just showing my age. What's a listening lounge? Anyway. (laughs) I'm not sure either. It's a question for another time. (laughs) Squiz the day. The last episode of our Year Ahead series is out. Yeah, so Kate and I spoke to Georgie Tunney and Abby Jelmy from the Two Good Sports podcast. If you haven't heard of that podcast, it's a weekly deep dive into the sports headlines, but it goes deeper than that too. They also look at the bigger stories and they unpack all of the drama as well as why <laughs> these things are a thing. Um, we had a really great conversation with them about what's happening in the year ahead for sport. Uh, we looked a little bit back and, of course, talked about the Matildas. But looking forward, it's all about the Paris Olympics and uh, Georgie and Abby had some really great insights into that. So it's well worth a listen. And the other thing we should mention is that with the Australia Day public holiday on Friday, we are done for the week, but we'll be back bright and early with you on Monday morning. And that's us done for today. Enjoy your long weekend. We'll speak to you on Monday. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price – People equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, You don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.